Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we have Nick here. I'm not going to screw up his name. Nick, help me with the pronunciation. Funditis. Funditis. I mean, for marketing, that's got to be like kick-ass amazing. If you want fun, I'm your guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you Google it, it's, it's you know, there's only two Nick Fundituses in the world. And there's only about 50 Fundituses, period, in the world. Is it like a Greek name? Uh, way back down the line, it is, although uh, through the Ukraine. So it's been through about three alphabets. That would do it. So Nick, you've been in the real estate business for how long? Uh, for a decade now. Excellent. So uh, what I wanted to do today, Nick, is for you and I to solve uh, all the problems in the real estate industry and to start solving those. What would be, uh, you know, for agents to be successful in this industry, what would be th three things that, you know, most agents get wrong that we should take a deeper, deeper look at? I think that a lot don't treat it like a business. They treat it like a job. And there's an important distinction there. I, I think that the the business has different hats that you put on, have to put on. So there's the sales and marketing, there's your operations hat, and then there's your, your clerical and financial. And I think that people go out there and think they're just going to serve clients or they're just going to generate leads, but you have to do all those things. So I'd say that's one one thing for sure. Yeah. So let's pause there for a second because absolutely, I think uh, most agents do not get a P&L statement every month. Because it's like at the end of the year, oh, what are we doing? How do we do? Because they know how many transactions they did. But the question is, did you actually make money? And so I think treating it like a business is is critical. And just knowing where you're at. I was talking to an agent the other day. He was coaching uh, a newer agent and they were uh, splitting commissions for certain deals. And it turned out that the split they did resulted in them losing 10% on each transaction. Oh, geez. Which they didn't know till they did the PL. And it was their coach that guided them there. And it's like, oh my God, I got to renegotiate all this stuff. Otherwise, I'm going to go bankrupt. So, yeah. absolutely treating it like a business and not a job. And I think one of the things when people come into this industry is like, oh my God, I'm going to have flexible time. It's on my terms. And it's like, no, uh, you could do that if you want to starve. But if you treat it like a business, you know, be busy when you need to be and take time off when, uh, you know, the time is right, but uh, treat it like a business and uh, that's how you actually create wealth. What's number two? Uh, number two for, for me anyways, it was, uh, it was documenting my systems. So that allows me to, to do it the same way every time. And so for one part of that is to deliver consistent service to our clients uh, and to vendors, everybody like that and not miss anything. Uh, the second thing that that does is it allows me to replace myself in certain areas. So if there's an area that's not my highest and best use, I can teach someone to do that. It's well documented. And we know that it's going to get that part of the business is going to get run correctly. Absolutely. I think one of the other parts that uh, 
because I think the phrase you used was not just have systems, document them. And I think that's critical. And uh, you could be at a conference and you got somebody on stage that says, you know, this is what I do. And you're like, if you got your system documented, it's like, oh, maybe I need to change step three and it would make it better. And so systems need to be living and breathing. And one of the ways to do that uh, consistently and effectively is to do an autopsy after each deal, get the team together and go, oh, this turned out really, really well. What happened? Did something different happen? Is this something we need to add to our process? And if things went sideways, what went sideways and how did that happen? And I think if we can do that without blame, uh, it's a magical thing for a team. Yeah, I, I can say, like I can point to an exact example where it really saved us in the last year. So I, I had a team admin and she she was a jack of all trades or a Jill of all trades. So she was our, she was had her hands in marketing and operations and client service, transaction coordination, but she had to go on medical leave suddenly. So she, we knew we were going to be gone without her for at least three months. And when she got back, or sorry, in the meantime, while she was gone, I was scrambling a little bit. I, I found someone who was going to, at one point she was going to be a buyer agent for us, but mm -hmm. she decided that she was not going to be, she saw what we did basically. And she's, she said, I don't think I'm cut out for real estate. She saw how busy <laughs> We kind of were so but but she we we loved her and we said uh laura could you jump in here to be our admin for the next three months because schedule wise she had the time and she did and what i are the thing that saved us was that stephanie who had who was off for the three months there she had documented her processes so well and we had built that culture of documenting everything that you do. Whereas I could hear from the de desk next to me, or I could hear through the wall in our other office, just Laura listening to Steph's voice where Laura had recorded video, like screen capture of doing stuff. So I Bravo. knew that things were done correctly. So it freed me up to actually serve clients. Superb. And I think uh, that's brilliant. So uh, document systems, uh, treat it like a business. Number three. Number three is go from a go from a place of service in, in everything that you do so every touch point we're trying to design our our brand or our positioning is ottawa's people first realtor and so with everything that we might have a touch point with a client we say how can we do this to make their their experience a little bit better because we want to continue to work principally by referral we want to have those repeat clients and so I think a trap that people can fall into is that um, you can get addicted to like lead generation systems, like having some, like having internet leads or something like that, where it's new people coming into your system all the time. But there's so much longevity for your business if you build that repeat and referral system so that you are always nurturing. And the way you do that is from coming from a, a position of trying to like to to give generously. Absolutely. I think uh, putting it so slightly uh, a different way, it's our intent, no matter what we do, is so critical because uh, we all have antennae that can pick up stuff. It's like, uh, huh, Nick, what do you want? Because I can tell when you're needy, even though it doesn't look it. And I think also it kind of informs us as we behave if we set our intent before we go in to do something. So if I was calling up a client uh, before I pick up the phone, I'd say, you know, my intent today is to really figure out how John's doing and how his kids are doing. And I want him to feel valued. And as soon as I get on the phone doing that, that's what I deliver 
wholeheartedly. If my intent is, he'll say, hey, Umar, what are you doing? And I can tell him, oh, I'm in real estate. I need this. It just does not work. Uh, so talk to me about uh, intent. And you know, as you've been in business, where you've picked up intent that uh, was noble and maybe a, a time where you kind of picked up a vibe that didn't feel yeah, comfortable. So you can, you can feel it when, like when you're on the receiving end and, and a vendor calls you or somebody cold reaches out to you, you know, as realtors, we get so many of those cold outreach to us from lead generation companies and stuff like that. And it just, you can, you can, from the first call, it just makes your, your, hackles go up because you know that that person wants something for themselves. They're not out there to serve. They're not out there to make the client's life better, whether that's me or like our, or our real estate clients. And, but you can also tell when you, when you talk to somebody who is out there to, to help you can like, like you said, you can, you can hear it. And when we go out, we like with our buyer agents, I try and say, have a reason to call. You know, the call doesn't, doesn't need to be, and it generally shouldn't be most of the time and ask, you know, are you thinking about buying or selling a home? Do you know someone who does? If someone wants to talk to you about real estate, they're going to, they, they know you're in real estate. They know, and it's okay to ask for a referral. I'm not saying that, but it's, let's have a reason when we go touch the people that we know have a reason to serve them. So if it's somebody from our past client, do we have an event we can invite them to uh, this month? my email out to our whole database was, Hey, I have a favor to ask, but the favor was I want, I would like mm -hmm. to know who your go-to tradesperson is. Like we had a list of contractors and I said, right. and what we're going to do Brilliant. is take all that information and turn it into a directory just for our clients that we can send back out. And the, and the response we got was great. And we, and we're, it looks like we are going to do, a few sales out of it as well, just off this, off this outreach. Uh, and that was certainly, that was something that we thought about when we did it, but the main intent we had to go out there and be, okay, what can we give? I mean, we were asking for the, the, the names and numbers of tradespeople, but it was so that we could give something more valuable back. Absolutely. Cause I think, uh, realtors really can be, uh, resources in the community. Uh, I was, uh, talking to one of the Keller Williams folks here in uh, Ontario, and they also happen to have, uh, they own Keller Williams in Poland. So when the war with Ukraine was happening, uh, their agents were going to the border and picking up refugees and bringing them down in houses that weren't selling. They were placing them there. This is all goodness of heart making a difference. And it could be that, or it could be what you're doing, Nick, which is like a kick-ass, amazing uh, list of resources that someone can say, hey, Nick, uh, something happened with my roof. Who should I call? The first call should be the realtor because that's brilliant. Yeah, like it's and it's something that it's something that has worked well over this over the career so far. Um, I have found that it's more comfortable for me to work that way. I like who I am when I'm going out and serving, uh, and I know that clients like it. And we've our team has made just some wonderful relationships with clients. Uh, through through that kind of attitude. Brilliant. Uh, one of the things I wanted to add to your list uh, of you know things that are missing in real estate. Uh, number four for us. So you had you know treat it like a business. Document your systems. Come from a place of service. I'm going to add sure. consistency. 
the ability to just keep on doing. So talk to me about how you, how you become consistent and more importantly, how you encourage your, uh, the team that you're leading to sure. be consistent. So the way, the way that we do that, it comes from, it comes from systems and we build consistency into our systems and into our teams. So um, where I'm at in my business, so I went from being a solo realtor in 2012 to having an admin. Mm-hmm. And that was the admin was to take a lot of the, um, the like the administrative type tasks that weren't money making tasks off my plate so that I could focus on serving clients and lead generating. And then, but still at any stage where you don't have a lot of systems, you can fall prey to kind of like the random acts of marketing where you might try setting out one set of postcards mm-hmm. or do a round of calls and it doesn't really get you the results um, or get the results for your clients if you're doing a listing uh, of doing consistent focused effort. So what we've what I've been building year after year is, okay, so now we have two admins. We have one who is marketing and we have one who is a transaction listing coordinator. And we set out what they are doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we have um, we have systems and triggers. A lot of it is through our follow-up boss uh, CRM that we've programmed in to say, okay, at this stage in the listing, mm-hmm. you get an automatic, you know, you get an automatic email that goes out to these members of the team and it tells them exactly what they need to do next. You know, for example, uh, our transaction coordinator, okay, the, the listing has gone con- conditional um, or it's gone firm. Um, you need to contact the lawyer. Here's the template for your lawyer email. Here's what they need to know. Here's what documents they need. And we're just not missing anything on the sales and marketing side, having a, now having a marketing specialist where I can take my vision for what we want, the, how we want to market to our clients. And she and we have an int- an integrator and imp- someone who can implement that, that gives consistency as well. So we know that there's a cadence to our marketing that people are regularly being touched. We're having this, we can, they can depend on our newsletter or our e-blast to come out on a super, on a, on a certain day. And as a marketer, like Seth Godin would say, uh, you know, it becomes relevant and expected kind of permission marketing. Absolutely. So as you kind of look at, you know, your performance and leading your team, uh, where are areas that you're working on on you? That I'm working on on me to be better. Um, I'm working on on me to, I'm always working on walking the talk. So like I have my expectations of my team and I need to, I'm continually making, trying to make sure that I am also doing my prospecting alongside the team so that, you know, I'm accountable to our, mm-hmm. our Wednesday sales meetings as well between our, our sales team to, so that, you know, I'm on the scoreboard for having made my calls just as much as they are uh, balancing my balancing per- personal life. So I ha- I'm married and I have two young boys. There's uh, Jack's eight and Aaron's six and just making sure that I am conscientiously booking out, blocking out time where I know that I will be off work and present with them. And just, yeah. Right. That's, that's huge. And then uh, I I guess it'd be similar, like things like fitness and things like that too. So it's not all business, but it's the the things that kind of make everything run in life and make it worthwhile. So here's a hypothesis and I'd love to get your feedback on it. 
I was talking to a hundred realtors mm -hmm. is where it started. And we were talking about fear getting in the way of us executing. And it could be fear gets in the way of prospecting or some agents don't ask for referrals because they got some mental hang up around it. Or they don't do it consistently. There's always this usually one area of the sales process where there's a fear anxiety comes up. So we kind of mm -hmm. shy away from that. So I'd ask them, you know, if you were fearless in that area, how many more transactions would you do a month? And the average that came out was uh, two extra transactions per month if I was bolder in whatever that area is. Uh, does that sound like a, a fear number? I, I think, think that to sounds totally fair. And I think for most agents, that would be like a life-changing amount of transactions for their, for their business. If they're doing yeah. 24 more transactions a year, I mean, 24 is a lot more than, I mean, it's way more than the average realtor is doing in a year, right? 24. So to have 24 additional for even even the highest performing realtor, uh, that's it would be amazing to do that. Like in Burlington, Ontario, the math worked out to about $323,000 extra in the agent's pocket. And I was when I was in Manhattan, because the numbers mm -hmm. are so much higher there, it was uh, $1.2 yeah, million. That, that, that changes your life, absolutely. <laughs> And so at the, at the heart of who we, who we are is where we hold our beliefs. And usually there's a belief around our ability to do X or, and so that's kind of where we focused our attention on is very much, how do we go in and change beliefs to get people to break through and uh, start living better lives? Cause uh, it's not just you, Nick, or me. It's when we shine, we give permission to the people around us to do the same. It's when we live smaller lives. See, we don't just impact us. We impact all the people around us because people don't care what we say. They see what we do. And it's like, oh, Umar's settling. So yep. maybe it's okay for me too. I agree with that 100%. So two last things before we go, Nick. Number one, what's the best piece of advice you've gotten uh, to be a better team leader or to be a better agent uh, in your career? So to be a better agent, the best piece of advice was actually bef just before I signed on with my brokerage. So I'm with Royal LePage Performance in Ottawa. Our uh, broker, Russ Perkins, who's still there, he said, you know, there's going to be a lot of different systems that you're introduced to. So some people, you know, there's lots of different ways you can make money in real estate. You can be someone who follows internet leads. You can go kind of the Brian Buffini way with repeat and referral. Uh, you can you can go, you can cold call or, or whatever. He said, but the key is to have a system put your head down and commit to it and do it consistently. And you, and you cannot fail. You hear, you hear like the dropout rates of realtors and the failure rate of realtors that comes from, that comes from not committing to something. If you commit to something that's proven, mm. you, you know, you will be fine. Um, yeah. And the best on leadership uh, or being a team leader, part of it comes from, I was an elementary school teacher before I was a realtor. So some of it comes from that. Uh, but um Rob Marland in our office, he talks about with his team, he says, you need to be close enough to the team to be understood and have that personal connection, but you need to give just enough distance that you can still lead so that you can, yeah. Right. Brilliant. And is there a mind hack you'd like to share with us that makes you more productive, faster, stronger? It's not so much a hack, but for somebody who wants to do repeat and referral business. I think client events are wonderful. Mm -hmm. And the one that we have done that I think would work in pretty much anywhere in Canada 
is uh, twice a year, we do a tire change day. So this is, yeah, so we hire a garage. You can look up on our on our YouTube because we have video of it being done. And it's not anything more complicated than what we than what we show there on the video. We market it ahead of time. We send out an invitation to everybody in our database who is a past client. And we've got that garage booked for a whole morning. And we just have it in 15 minute slots. And we book a few bays. So usually we change somewhere between 50 and 70 uh, past clients tires. And we, we call, we do a video to follow up or like, we do a video of the day that we share with, with everybody that we know and we share it on social. But during the day, it's the, what we get to do is that everybody's coming for their 15 minutes or like 20 minutes to bring their car, have it go up on the lift and come down. And in the meantime, we just get that nice little catch up with everyone during the day. Love it. You know, most people don't like tire kickers. You love them. That's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> That's a sales joke. Nick, thanks so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, enjoyed the conversation. Learned a lot. Thank you very much. So thank I, you. Thank you for having me on. And uh, it was uh, it was wonderful to be here. I enjoyed this. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming and that is the fastest way to get better results 